Today, um, so we're doing this series on freedom, that God wants us to live a life that is free. Uh, Jesus said in the Gospel of John, um, the Son sets you free and you will be free indeed. But, but, sometimes we don't live in that freedom. This morning, um, I was reading uh, Romans 7 and 8. Um, And if you read Romans 7 and 8, the Apostle Paul is talking about just the, the, the challenge of doing the right thing. He basically says, you know, there's lots of things that I want to do, but I, I, how much you know, effort and energy and effort I put into it, I find it really difficult, and there's stuff that you know, just seems to enslave me and, and bind me up. Um, and it's interesting that um, some people have, have read Romans 7, and they think, well, this is describing the Christian life. Well, you need to get on to Romans 8 because you'll never understand Romans 7 until you read Romans 8. Um, Romans 8 begins, therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he begins to describe a life of freedom. He begins to say, listen, we no longer need to be slaves to doing the wrong thing, but if we submit ourselves to God and if we walk in the Holy Spirit, we can be free. That's great, isn't it? The front row are really excited about that. The rest of you are not sure what you're thinking. Anyway, but it's interesting, um, in verse 12 of, of Romans 8, and, and this is what really struck me this morning. Paul says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters... So we need to remember that, you know, the New Testament was written to believers. It was written to the church, okay? Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Good night, the end. Pay the babysitter, go home. I mean, you know, that's pretty serious. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Remember, he's talking to the church. He's saying, look guys, if you live according to the flesh, God has given you everything that you need to live a life that is free. But now you have a choice. What to do with that? You can still carrying, carry on living the old way according to the flesh, where before you really had no choice because you didn't have the power of Jesus living within you. Now you have a choice because God has set you free from that stuff. But listen, you can still go down that road. And if you go down that road, you are going down a path of enslavement, of bondage, of eventually death. But there is this amazing path called living by the Spirit. Living, submitting to the purposes of God. And if you walk down that road, hey, it leads to life. We got that. That's good. So this morning, what we're going to do, I'm going to, a few months ago, we were doing a series on identity. And I'm going to repeat myself a little bit. But I think this principle is so, so important for us to understand this whole thing of living by the Spirit and living a free life. We're going to talk this morning a little bit about covering. Covering. We need to understand the principle of covering 
if we're going to live a life that is free. So I want you to turn in your Bibles. Being Father's Day, I thought it would be great to talk about an amazing father. So we're going to talk about the parable of the lost son this morning. Luke 15, verse 11. And I really don't have much time this morning. Um, so we're going to rush through this. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to do the worst possible job a Jewish person could do, and that is to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hard servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him. Jesus is telling us that this father, he was totally politically incorrect. He did everything really a Jewish father shouldn't do. He hitched up his robe. He bared his ankles, which was a a shameful thing to do. And he was so in love with his son that when he saw him, he just ran to him. He embraced him. Here was his son. He was smelly. He was broken. He was busted. He was disgusting. And he put his arms around him. And he said, welcome home, son. And kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate For this son of mine, here's this word again that we were talking about earlier in Romans. For this son of mine was dead. Was he dead? He was kind of alive, but he was somewhere else. But The inspired word of God tells us, actually, this son of mine was dead. And is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. A lot of people, when they talk about this story, they talk about the problem of the younger son being a problem of greed. That he wanted more. But can I suggest to you this morning, that wasn't his biggest problem. And the clue to that is really at the beginning of the story. Because the father took what he had and he divided it equally to his two sons. So now the father has nothing and the sons own everything. 
So at this point in the story, the younger son has got all that he wanted. But here's the thing. It wasn't really the stuff that he wanted. What he wanted was to have control. He no longer wanted to live under the covering of his father, but he wanted to be able to control completely and totally all the resources that God had given to him. He was the Burger King boy. Do you remember the adverts for Burger King? I don't know if they do them now. What's the thing about Burger King when you go in? You can have it your way. So the younger son was the Burger King boy. He didn't just want the stuff, but he wanted control of the stuff. He didn't want his, his father's influence. He didn't want to be living under the father's covering. And he decided, you know what, Dad? I know better. We've talked a lot about pride in this series of freedom. And here was a young man who said, you know, at the end of the day, I know best. I'm, you know, it's fine here in Birmingham, but really, really, south of Spain, that's where it's at. I'm going to live there and I'm going to have complete control over the resources that I have. He was living, got props this morning. Who brought their umbrella to church? Catherine, a person of faith. He brought an umbrella to church. So, so here's the youngest son. And he is living. Martin. Wasn't that good what Martin did earlier in church? I just thought that was fantastic. Can you, can you hold our covering? So, he, so here is the son. And he is living, living in the house. He is living and enjoying the covering of his father. That means if it rains... He's a, it's okay. It's not a problem. Because he's here. He's covered. But the moment he decides, do you know what? Can you just hold that, Martin? The moment he decides, do you know what? It's got a few holes in there. It doesn't really work exactly. But um, the moment he decides, do you know what? I'm going to come over here. I'm not going to submit anymore. Because while he's, whilst he's living with his father, even though he's got all the stuff, a good relationship with a father is one of submission, is one of respect, is one of honor. He didn't want that anymore, so he decided, you know what, I'm going to come under the covering of my father, and I'm going to live over here. But what has he done? He's exposed himself. He's exposed himself. The father, when the son comes back, says this, my son was dead, but now he is alive. Now, when I read that, I thought, hang on a minute, he, he wasn't dead. He was just relocated. Why does the word of God tell us that the son was dead? Do, do we understand what spiritual death is? Spiritual death is to remove yourself from the covering of God the Father and to say, I am going to do my own thing. It is to be separated from the one who loves you, the one who made you, the one who created you, the one who has a plan for your life. Spiritual death is to be separated from God. 
And the ultimate example of, of spiritual death is hell. But as, we, as we read the word of God, we know that you know, there will come a day. There will come a day where we, we will stand before our maker. And if we have decided to remove ourselves from the covering of God, the Heavenly Father, if that has been our choice, the Father will say, well, that will be your choice. That you will be separated from me forever. But here's the wonderful, amazing thing. That God doesn't want us to die. That's cool. You can smile at that. You're looking very serious this morning. Okay? We can rejoice in the fact that God, His mercy and His love and His grace is abounding for us. That God doesn't want us to be separated from Him. So here's the thing. He allows some rain. And rain really, in this story, I'm going to say is a picture of of physical death. He allows some, some physical death some consequences to happen when we remove ourselves from his covering. That he says, do you know what? I don't want you to be in a place in eternity where you are forever separated from me. I want you to understand that actually to be protected, to be loved, to be fulfilled, you need to live under my covering. This is where I want you to be. So for you to understand that, if you are over here, do you know what? going to get wet. And for this young man, getting wet, his physical death that represented his spiritual death was here in the ground feeding smelly, rotten pigs. I mean, I can't begin to describe how the the Jewish people would have, pigs! You know, it was just the worst have any guys been watching that, that program about watermen and the jobs they do? Anybody? I love it, Chris Bruff. I love it too. A man after my heart. Basically, the reason why me and Chris love it, it's a program about poo, okay? It's all about what goes down the loo and what happens to it when it gets blocked in certain places, okay? You get these guys come out. You know, and they say, you know, the first time I came out, I was reaching and I was puking up and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, after a few months, I got used to it. It's a program about poo. Well, you know, this is a story about poo. This boy was in the poo. But as he's there, knee deep in the poo, a light bulb switches on. And something within his heart says to him, do you know what? I may be in the poo, but there is something better than this. He begins to think about the time when he was living in his father's house. There, there, there comes some hope in his heart, and he begins to think, if I can just reconnect myself to my father, if I can reconnect myself to my source, then I will be okay. And if you have a bit of poo in your life right now, and sometimes, you know, things happen, difficult things happen because we are personally responsible. You need to understand that. that Some of the brokenness and the challenges and the death that we experience in this life, 
They happen because we are personally responsible. Sometimes we are not personally responsible, but as, we, as it rains on us and as we go through a difficult thing, it reminds us that this world is not living completely under God's covering. But can I encourage you, if it is raining on you today, if you have some poo on your shoe, or you're literally like the guys on the water program, you know, they've got the suits on and they get deep right into the poo. There's poo all around them. Can I, can I just encourage you? Just, just pray. Say, Lord, am I, am I personally responsible for this? Is, is there some rain coming right now and I'm getting wet because I've, I'm, I'm not living under your covering? We, we need so much discernment, don't we? You know, sometimes we say to people, do you know what? The reason why that's happening is because you did this. Well, m- maybe. M- maybe not. This is why we need the gift of discernment, to understand that when it's raining on us, well, why is this happening? But, but for whatever reason it is happening, it reminds us, do you know what? I need to get back under the umbrella. As we said a couple of weeks ago, I need to abide in Christ. I need to live with him. I need to be connected with him. So here's the young man in the poo, and there's something that happens in his heart where he says, do you know what, God? I'm thinking about my father. I want to reconnect with him. There is hope. However much poo you are in. And he begins to take the journey where he walks back to the place of freedom, the place of provision, the place of blessing. Thank God for the pigs. Because if there were no pigs, he might still be in southern Spain, even today, enjoying the high life. But because of the pigs and because of the rain, he thinks, do you know what? I've got to get back under there. And he, he, he reconnects himself to where he belongs. Do you know where you belong this morning? Sometimes we talk about where we're going, don't we? Well, this is what I'm going to do. This is my future. This is my vision. This is my five-year plan. This is what I'm going to achieve. That's all well and good. But maybe what's more important is to understand where you have come from. What is your source? Your source is God the Father. It's interesting in Genesis that when God begins to make things, He speaks and things happen Things are created. It's interesting when you go through the story that he speaks to the land. He speaks to the land and roses come up and trees come up and vegetation comes up. He speaks to the land and animals come up from the land. Who did God speak to when he made you? He said this, let us Make man in our own image. When God made you, when God made people, he spoke to himself. That's powerful right there. That's worth your money this morning, okay? That is just an incredible thought, that when God made you, he spoke to himself. And as he spoke to himself, then you came out. You popped out. That's powerful. We need to understand that God is our source. And that if we're going through some tough stuff, we need to come back to our source. Because here, how many know that God our Father, 
He has every provision. But God is a free God. How many people know that? Is God in bondage to anything? So if we're going through some, some bondage right now, I, if I'm living under his covering because he is free, I am free. Because he is whole, I am whole. Because he has every provision, I am provided for. You know, Jesus, in, in the most famous sermon that was ever given, uh, mine's number two, uh, the one I did a few weeks ago. No, it's not really. Um, in the most fa- famous sermon ever, Jesus, he begins to reel off some things that were, oh, adultery, oh, murder, hate, anger. Wow, these things sound, sound really, really serious. I had a little moment this morning where I was sitting here and uh, Martin said, can all the dads stand up? And um, Sam, Sam is, uh, I'm mentoring Sam at the moment, so I know a lot of things going on in his life. And uh, Martin said, can the dads stand up? But because Sam came in a little bit late, he thought what Martin had said is, can all the men stand up? So here I am, I'm looking across all the dads. Oh, look at all these wonderful dads. And then Sam, who's engaged to be married. And I'm thinking, maybe we need to have a little conversation after church. Oh, he's not engaged to be married. Oh, my word. Can, you know, I just, these things just come out of my spirit. I'm not, I just, you know, I just, oh dear, oh dear, okay. All right, somebody else might be preaching for the next few months. Um, so here is Sam sitting next to his girlfriend, Millie, and he's saying, you know, I'm a dad. We're just going to scrub that little bit out of the recording later on, okay? It's going to be very slick. And I'm thinking there is a massive issue going on right now that we need to deal with. The Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is dealing with some big issues. And do you know an issue that he dealt with in that whole thing? It was this. It was worry. It was, it was worry. I have no idea. What was that? What was it though? A text message. Well, I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, it was worry. And Jesus, you know, he, he begins to deal with this massive issue because it's an issue of covering. He's saying, listen, if you, if you are worrying about stuff, if you are thinking, where is my next meal coming from? It's an issue of covering. You're, you're not really living under the covering of the Father. So today, I just want to—I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. I want to—I want to beg with you this morning that if there is stuff that is happening in your life, if you are being rained on, you can—you can stand there in the rain, thinking, "Yeah, I'll build my hut. I'll go and buy my my brolly, or, or you know, I'll work this out on myself." Or you can do the better response of saying, "God, I'm being rained on. I'm having some." some difficulty here. I'm having some bondage here because, God, I'm not living under your covering. I'm going to ask the worship team just to come forward. I hope that encourages you this morning. And I just want to say, you know, when we come to these moments where, you know, we worship at the end of church and 
and, and we respond to what God is saying. If God is speaking to you this morning, can I just encourage you to respond somehow, in some way. Don't just let it all sort of settle in your heart and your spirit, but, but activate something in your life by, by, by worshipping, first of all, by getting some prayer, by, by coming forward or asking somebody to pray with you.